Hey, everybody. Welcome to Geeky Dads Talk About Geeky Things. I'm JJ Johnson, and joining me back on the show for a second time is Jason C. Joyner. Jason is an author, an award-winning author, actually, and he is a huge fan of what we are talking about today, and I'm a huge fan. And what we're going to be discussing on this episode is G.I. Joe. There we go. I had right. to keep that up, JJ. <laughs> All right. So you pitched this episode to me. You, uh, I think it was, a. I was on, I had David Wright on. We were talking about Avengers and I was talking about some of my action figures that I had during the Secret Wars run. Um, and I collected that, and you were like, dude, you and I both did G.I. Joe's. We need to do a G.I. Joe episode, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why have I not thought of this before? So um, we're going to break the show down into several different parts. We're going to talk about the comic books, uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the, the cartoon, and we'll delve into the movies a little bit, and then we're going to get into the meat of the discussion, and that's really just talking about toys that we grew up uh playing with so uh jason so let's kick this off with the uh with the comic books because i have a feeling you're a bigger comic book guy on the gi joe side uh than i am i haven't read a whole lot of them so what are some of your favorite um things about the comic book what are some things in the comic book that we don't get into and like the, I guess the cartoon really, because that's really what I grew up with the most. Yeah, I had a little local grocery store like a block away, and I'd go there and I'd sit there and read GI Joe and Transformer comic books until they'd kick me out because I wouldn't buy them. And uh, I remember reading some different issues through time, and uh, then you know you grow up, you lose track of it. And I found that they were doing collections of. Um, you know, they would do the graphic novel compilation of like, you know, issues one through 10, 11 through 20. So I started buying them online and I went up through like eight or nine. So I have um, of the real American hero run. And uh, it's interesting because it, it was written by one author this whole time, a guy named Larry Halma. And so basically they would design these toys and say, okay, You've got to create backstory for them. You've got to make up a story. So all this G.I. Joe lore comes from one guy, Larry Hama. Um, it's pretty incredible. And he actually, I, I believe he had a cameo in um, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. I'm pretty sure he did. Nice. And, and so he's he's the one that came up with um, the Snake Eyes and the Arishikaji um, clan, the Ninja clan. And he made Snake Eyes um so badass and you know it's interesting in the cartoons it was like duke and scarlet had a romance thing um but in the car comics it was always snake eyes and scarlet had this connection and were a couple and um, because it was written in the early 80s some of the joes um were together in vietnam so you had like stalker and storm shadow and snake eyes all working in vietnam together um so there was all this there's a depth of connection there that was really cool. And you could tell Larry Hama kind of had some favorites that he kept going back to and incorporating in his stories even, but he had to always include all these new, um, new cast members because the new toys came out. So he had to incorporate them. And, um, you know, it was just, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, sometimes you'd lose track of a favorite character because they had like the whole original run of GI Joe um, action figures like rock and roll and zap and all that, they got put on desk duty in the comics because they had to make room for new people coming out. But some of the favorites like Stalker and, and Scarlet and Snake Eyes kept on all the way through. Nice, nice. Now, did he also, was he also the main writer on the on the cartoon? The no, I don't know. I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, I think they, I don't know how much he consulted, but yeah, you watch the credits and there's always different writers on, cartoons yeah. i don't know how much of a hand he had in that 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, because most of my, you know, I didn't really pay attention to writers back then. I mean, on anything, not until I was a little older. And, you know, the comic books, you know, I never got into them. And part of that was, you know, I was into Avengers and things like that. And, you know, it was accessibility really uh, for me more than anything. Uh, but I did read a, a few of the issues, you know, in college. Um, my roommate was a big G.I. Joe guy and i'll talk a little bit more about his love of gi joe later in the show when we get to a specific spot but he had a couple of the comics and i i flipped through them a few times and i liked them it was one of those things that i felt like i missed out on i wish i could go back and just say man i wish i was reading gi joe comics here instead of um instead of something else so yeah well they had some really good runs um there was one I just reread to get ready for this episode and um, Cobra <clears throat> tricked GI Joe into bombing an underwater base and it hit a fault line in the Gulf coast in the Gulf area of Mexico. And it created a new landmass. And the Cobras are right there and claimed it as the Island of Cobra or Cobra Island. And they went to embassies and, you know, made a diplomatic claim on it. And so here, right, you know, in the Gulf of Mexico, the Cobras had their sovereign little island and the GI Joes were trying to kick them off before things got going. And, and Cobra won diplomatically in that case. And then um, there's a whole side story with the GI Joe being in love with a, the daughter of a Crimson Guard commander. Um, and so he like broke protocol and parachuted onto the island to try to track this guy down because she was missing. And so then they had to send a GI Joe recon team to collect him. And at the same time, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes stormed the island to try to find De uh, Zartan because Zartan had killed the Hardmaster, their ninja trainer. I mean, it was just an epic, epic series. And then right after that, they went into the creation of Serpentor, you mm -hmm. know, finding the bodies of ancient leaders and creating them out of the DNA. And it just had a really epic run. There was another one where the Cobra had a civil war between Dr. Mindbender and Serpenter and Baroness and Cobra Commander 2 and Destro was on his own. I mean, there was some cool stuff in the comics. I mean, I you know, then there was always filler episodes. There was stupid stuff. Larry Hama liked the Dreadnoughts too much. That kind of got dumb at times. But um, yeah, and there was some cool stuff um, that went on in those that were really enjoyable. Um, the artist for a lot of a lot of them was really good. Nice. Um, so yeah, let's transition into the um, into the cartoon because you just mentioned a run um, on the comics, and I assume it probably went more in depth uh, than probably the the TV show. Now, what I loved about the cartoon is um, it was coming out daily. Uh, at least for me, it was. And I was watching it every day when I got home from school. And, of course, you know, there was there was different series, different like mini series within the full season. Um, but I remember Arise, Sepantor, Arise. And that to me was like the first time I was like, you know, I had to get like this idea of episodic storytelling. And I had to get home. And if I wasn't home in time to, to turn G.I. Joe on from school, I would just get living. Now, we, we had just gotten a VCR, so I was recording it. But, I mean, I had, it was one of those things I had to watch it when it was on TV because, you know, I, you know, my friends would call right afterwards and say, what do you think? And we discuss it like, you know, it's Ollie versus Frazier or something like that. I mean, it was just, it was epic for me. And the idea of them going in, and I think it was Dr. My, it was Dr. Mindbender had the dream. Cobra Commander, because Cobra Commander, let's face it, as far as leadership qualities, he kind of sucked. I mean, his biggest attribute was screaming Cobra and then giving these big speeches. But, I mean, leadership, he really wasn't that good in the cartoon. And Mindbender was just like, we need a new, we need a new leader. We need an emperor. And they go and they find, you know, the DNA. And I think it was Sergeant Slaughter's DNA was the final piece. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, because they introduced Sergeant Slaughter during that time, and I was watching professional wrestling, so I knew who Sergeant Slaughter was. And, I mean, it was just, to me, that was epic. I just loved it, and I had to go get the Sapantor toys and the little lighter that he had and everything. So what was what was some of your favorite memories from the cartoon? Yeah, they had, I mean, they had, like, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and they had, like, 85 episodes but I don't think this includes the two miniseries they started with. And I was like you, I had to run home and watch it or that was my summer. I mean, I made my summer around watching um, GI Joe and Transformers. And uh, I know you're a baseball fan. And one of the big reasons I don't like baseball is because it was on the cartoons were on WGN out of Chicago. And so if the Cubs are playing, it got preempted and it would make me so mad I just was like, I hate baseball because it's blocking my GI Joe. Oh man! Um, yeah, they, so they typically would do these like five episode ser- um, serial things to kind of build it up. And Cobra always had this mass, this weapon of mass destruction. Like start off with the mass device, and they had these pyramids of darkness that killed electricity for like three fourths of the world, and they did some of these crazy things and then they had a lot of more standalone episodes, but there were, uh, there was one that shipwreck was having a normal life with people, but there were like these synthoids that were like the, um, they were like human like androids, but if you hit them right, they dissolved and they had him, they were, he knew something that they were trying to figure out. And so they created this whole fake town and fake life with a girl that he liked um there was another one where dusty the desert trooper was considered a traitor and gi joe was actually after him but he was doing a double agent thing to get things out of cobra um they had one where the dreadnoughts created this rock band um called like uh oh what was it um the cold slither um that one was crazy there's one where storm shadow got excalibur in england i mean they just you know, they could just kind of go for it. It was, and GI Joe was, it was almost sci-fi. Some of the crazy weapons and things that they would develop. So yeah, there's just some of those. I just really remember fondly um, that they were a lot of fun. Oh, did you ever see the Viper is coming? Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. That one is a classic. If you're a fan of GI Joe, never saw that one. The GI Joes keep getting this inside information um, on how to bust Cobra on things. And the twist is so great. I even used it in a fan fiction story once just to mess around. Um, so yeah, the Viper is coming is kind of a, is a classic one. Yeah. And for those who are interested, uh, the cartoons, the animated series is out on Tubi. So if you have the app Tubi and you want to watch some free, you know, it's with ads. So but you don't have to have a subscription uh, to watch those and you can go stream those. That's what I did. I downloaded the app on my, on my Roku. And just started uh, streaming episodes, and I I was geeking out. And you know, you know what's sad, Jason? I have a ten year old, and I have an eight year old, and I just could not get them into GI Joe. And I, I'm like, like heartbroken. I don't. You know, there's no, there's no accounting for some of these generations. I was lucky; I did get my my kids into it, um, but I had I saved a lot of the toys, which I know we're going to get into in a minute. And so that kind of primed them. But um, there's one other thing besides the classic G.I. Joe Real American Hero cartoons. There's one they came out with about 10 years ago called G.I. Joe Resolute. I sent you a link for that. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, it was kind of like they took the Real American Hero stuff, but they made it a little more mature. Um, People actually died. And I mean, it was wicked. They did a really good job. Now I rewatched it and, you know, it's got some of the crazy things where the Cobras can't hit anything. They're like Earth's version of stormtroopers, And, um, you know, the, the Joes win in crazy ways, but they made, actually made Corporal Commander menacing and actually dangerous. You're like, Oh my, this guy isn't a clown anymore. So it was really cool. Um, so that's a, that's a special one with the cartoons to watch. Yeah, I need to finish that one up, and because I, I liked what I had seen. So, all right, let's uh, 
let's move into before we get into the toys let's move into the films because i'm one of those i don't like to complain publicly about films i don't like to complain publicly about um uh tv shows and things like that especially adaptations partly because as a writer i don't i know i know how it feels to get bad reviews i know how hard i work on stuff and I don't like putting that out there. And then if I put it out there and say, well, this is sucky storytelling, then everybody's going to be looking at me like, okay, Mr. Hotshot, let's see how good your book is. I don't want to do that. But I do have my opinions on, on films on, on whether or not, you know, I like them. And this is one place where I will share those. I was not, personally, I was not a big fan of the films that came out. That's just my opinion. I rewatched them. Uh, the first one was called what? Rise of Cobra? Yes. And, and then the second one was, I think it was Retaliation. I just yeah. rewatched Retaliation, the one with The Rock, uh, the other night. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really can handle Retaliation. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I just did not like the Rise of Cobra Commander. What are your thoughts on these two? And then we'll talk about the Snake Eyes here in a minute. Yeah, I mean, when they came out, I remember being so excited when they announced the G.I. Joe movies, and it's like, okay, finally we're on the big screen. And then you see the trailers, and you're like, oh, oh, no. And, um, you know, I get it. It's like you say. I mean, there were some fun things about it. And, um, you know, the Rise of Cobra had the pit, and it had Zartan doing his changing things, and... um and it had a cool storm shadow and um, snake eyes was played by Ray Park, who was Darth Maul. So he's a real martial artist, knowing how to do these things. Um, and even Channing Tatum as Duke, you know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't hundred percent nail it, but he did a good enough job. And I mean, just the story was so dang convoluted. They didn't, they just went kind of the wrong direction to start with. So retaliation was kind of a correction. And um, they actually killed a lot of the G.I. Joe team early in the movie. And they, Channing Tatum as Duke is in it, but he dies to, you know, hand off the ball to The Rock. And this is one movie franchise that Dwayne Johnson was not able to save. Um, but yeah, I think Retaliation is better. It's a little more, it's more grounded, but they also kind of hit more classic G.I. Joe things. I mean, Cobra Commander was in his classic suit. They had a hiss tank. Um, they had... Um, kind of the Cobra hovercraft type thing. They had Firefly, the saboteur. Um, there was a cool um, fight scene on a mountain um, where Snake Eyes and Jinx are fighting the Red Ninjas, you know, attached to cables on a mountainside. And that was a pretty cool action sequence, honestly. Um, but yeah, they still just kind of were missing, um, you know, some of the magic of what made G.I. Joe real American hero work in the comics and cartoons, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think one of the dangers, well, not dangers, but you know, everybody has their interpretation. Like everybody has their interpretation of Tolkien, of how it should be viewed. And if somebody else has a different interpretation or different concept, then you start getting these class flashes. And I think that's kind of how, I felt about like this. It's like, this isn't the GI Joe um, that I know. I know. I understand they're trying to put a new spin on it and things, but like you said, you know, the, if the rock can't save the franchise, um, it's better off rebooting later. And I've heard that there's works to reboot it, which is kind of what, you know, the snake eyes, uh, which I think came out during the pandemic anyway. So it was probably, I don't know. I didn't get enough attention. I never saw Snake Eyes. Um, what about you? What is your opinion on Snake Eyes? The less I say about Snake Eyes, the better, because that was just hot garbage. I'm <laughs> there was not much redeeming about it. I mean, I like the actor Henry Golding who played um, Snake Eyes, but I mean, it, it just. But he's more of a romantic lead. I mean, I guess if he wants to get in action, I mean, I don't know. He's too pretty, you know. He's such a handsome guy. Uh, it, but they they just messed up the story. And 
the setup and this messed up storm shadow and oh the baroness ugh i mean <laughs> scarlet was a promising new actress and they didn't do well with her i mean it was just was yeah don't waste your time if you're a gi joe fan and you haven't seen snake eyes <laughs> or you know pull it up to hate watch i don't know but it just my boys and i went to that and we left going that was not worth it we're i mean you know like i said with the other movies there there are the flaws but we were able to enjoy them snake eyes was like dude ugh. yeah yeah you are not the only one uh to make that comment <laughs> to me so uh i feel safe knowing that if i ever do sit down to watch it uh chances are i'm probably not going to enjoy it so all right let's transition sort of into you know the highlight of the show, what you and I grew up with. And we're going to go through just a, a list real quick of uh, some of your favorite G.I. Joe toys and some of your favorite Cobra uh, toys. And then we'll transition to the accessories that go along with them. So let's start out with the Joes, man. So you got your list. What is, what, what's your, let's just start at the top number six and go down what you have. And uh, we'll discuss each one of them. Um, yeah, there's so many to choose from. And yeah, the action figures are totally how I got into G.I. Joe. And my mom came home with um, <clears throat> Breaker and um, maybe it was a Grunt and the, the G.I. Joe, first G.I. Joe motorcycle. And it was like, this stuff is awesome. And then when they came out with the battle action grip, that just, took it a whole new level because they could hold their guns right. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think um, for my number six, Joe, I'm going to go with uh, Alpine, who is their mountaineering specialist. And one of the reasons I liked him because he was the only G.I. Joe that I know of who's from Idaho, where is where I live. And um, he was from South Central Idaho and he just saw the ring of mountains far off in the distance. And so that's why he wanted to go climb them and um, and in the cartoons, he had a good buddy relationship with, um, bazooka and, um, that kind of made him fun too. So yeah, I'm number six. I'm going to go with Alpine. All right. Yeah. I liked Alpine. Alpine was one of those I, I had, I had him. Um, I didn't know a lot about his backstory. I didn't realize he was from Idaho. Uh, but yeah, he was, uh, he was a fun one. I really enjoyed that one. So, all right. What do you got for number five? Number five, um, well, I'm, um, I'm going to go with um, one of the original ones, Flash. He had the laser rifle, and, um, you know, the, the original molds weren't super unique and things, but um, I just really liked Flash for what he did. And then <laughs> I would also play uh, football with my Joes, so I'd split them up into a football team and you know, I had some as, you know, defense and offense, whatever they figured out. And so Flash was a great running back, you know, because he's Flash, he's speedy. So, yeah. Nice, nice. That was one I didn't have, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I do remember him. And, and but I, I never had, I don't believe, man, I had so many. I can't remember exactly which ones I had. It's like Masters of the Universe. I don't remember all the ones I had. But, um, yeah, so. All right, who do you have for number four? Uh, number four, <clears throat> um, I just, I really liked Dial Tone. And he was a little bit later on and he was a communication guy. So he had a cool backpack and he had the beret and he had a cool gun. And so, yeah, for some reason, Dial Tone, I just, I really liked him. And um, he had just something about his look and he never made a splash in any of the other media, but um yeah, dial tone was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I had dial tone, and we would go out in my grandmother's backyard spot where we could like there was a lot of dirt, and so and it was under the shade of a tree, and we dig like little trenches for them to do battle, and it was like you know we'd move into position, we play like risk almost with our GI Joes and. Um, sometimes we had black cats out there and it was like, Oh, we gotta get dial tone up here. We need air support or something like that. And, uh, 
That was I, I remember him because we only had one. And uh, you know, so yeah, dial zone. Dial zone's a good one, man. I like that. All right, so where are we at? Number three. Um, number three is shipwreck, the sailor. Yes. And um, you know, he was such a character on the cartoon. I think they just really liked him for comic relief and being the mouthy one, but my brother was in the Navy. So I really, I connected with shipwreck and I always really enjoyed him. So yeah, I had to have shipwreck on my team. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Shipwreck was one of my favorites. I enjoyed him. Like you said, he was there for comic relief. I would actually quote the, like, you know, things from the cartoon that shipwreck said, uh, <laughs> playing with me, and my, with me and my brother would be out there and we'd just be playing with our Joe's. I would actually quote Shipwreck. I, I always liked Shipwreck. He was the fun one. So, all right, number two. Oh, and just real quick, I mean, my friend and I, we, my room for like months was left kind of in a, we were doing a constant story kind of building off the cartoon and so we'd leave them in places. So yeah, you know, you were doing, you know, we kind of do our own thing, but we'd take the characters and, you know, Shipwreck would do this and, you know, <clears throat> the different ones would kind of, we'd play into their parts and incorporate that into what we were doing. But, um, Number two is Flint. Um, Flint was my favorite leader character. Um, I just really liked his aesthetic. Um, thought he was super cool. And, um, you know, he was um, tough at nails, tough as nails, but he had that. Um, I remember his file card. Remember the file cards on the back of the packages that tell you about him? You know, they're, they're telling it how he, you know, these Joes were captured and here, Flint kicks in the door and he's got that lopsided grin. So I just always like that, you know, kind of aspect of his grin and a little bit of that cockiness and, and his style. Um, but they gave him a shotgun, you know, and GI Joe's never fought up close like that. Shotgun was a bad weapon in general, but I didn't know that at the time I was like, okay, cool. He's got a different gun than the others. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I liked Flint. I did not like what they did with him in the movie. I am going to complain about that. Um, I think it was Flint. Wasn't it Flint that was with uh, in retaliation with Roadblock and uh, what's her face? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lady J. Yeah, they. <laughs> he was just there, you know. Yeah, I did not like it. I I thought they made him weak. Um, I thought they made him doubtful or something. I don't know. There's something about him that in the cart or in the movie that just drove me nuts. But I loved Flint. I loved his his weapons and, and everything. And Flint was, I liked him in the cartoon too. So I enjoyed playing with Flint. Flint was one of my favorites. So, all right, man, number one, who do you have as your favorite GI Joe? So I'd have to say my favorite all time GI Joe is one that's not maybe super well known, but airborne. And so he was a Navajo, you know, airborne trooper. Um, and like usually he didn't, I think he had one, cartoon episode that kind of featured him he was always paired with wild bill in the comics and wild bill always outshone him but um i just i don't know there was just something about airborne with his aesthetic and i thought it was so cool you know leaping out of planes or rappelling out of helicopters and things um and he had a he had an m16 with a you know a bayonet hooked onto it um and so you know it was i thought it was way cool that he could you know shoot somebody or stab somebody and again, for my GI Joe football team, because he's airborne, he was like, he was a, a clutch wide receiver. You know, he's like yeah. Randy Moss going up, getting air and, and getting that ball. He could just leap the best of any of them in my mind. So yeah, airborne, airborne is number one. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'd have to say my number one was probably roadblock. Um, I enjoyed him with, you know, his M2 Browning machine gun and everything. Roadblock was one of my favorites. I'm just tossing some others out there as honorable mentions. Um, you know, of course, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes was always fun. But I think Snake Eyes was like everybody's favorite. I wanted to be different. <laughs> uh, I liked Lifeline. Remember Lifeline? Yeah, yeah, the medic. Yeah. So I I, I searched everywhere. We couldn't find him at Walmart in, in Pryor, where I grew up, Pryor, Oklahoma. Uh, so we go over to Tulsa, and in the mall there, they had, I think it was called KB Toy Store or whatever. Um, I don't know if things are still around. But I go in there and I would like, they'd have just a wall of G.I. Joe's. That was the first time I got Cobra Commander. 
And I found a lifeline. It was the only one on the shelf, and I had to have it. I had saved up my money uh, from, like, you know, little house chores and things like that I did. And I bought Lifeline. I loved Lifeline because, you know, you Joe's get shot. You're 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 in the medical field. You know this. They they need to they need somebody out there to take care of them. So no, Lifeline was was a cool dude. I liked him better than I liked Doc. Um, but I think Lifeline was considered a pacifist, and um, I think you know he would, didn't want to you know he, um, even though his card I can remember him holding a pistol. But I think in the I think in the cartoons. You know, they had him as a vowed pacifist and, um, you know, that so that made it interesting. You know, he just wanted to be there to help people. And it was interesting dynamic, in a, you know, in a war cartoon. So, yeah, Lifeline, he was important to have go on a mission, let me tell you. Yep. And then, of course, there's Sergeant Slaughter and, you know, then there's Duke and Hawk and everybody else. So, um, so yeah, those are the Joes, man. Uh, let's get into... The Cobra side, which I think has a little bit more interesting characters as far as just creative villains. It's always fun to create villains. And so what are your, let's start at the top, number six. What's your number six for Cobra side? Um, I think I'll go with um, Copperhead. And he was the pilot of their little, um, their little swamp, um, not buggy, but just kind of um, swamp till. It had a fan on the back. It was dark green, and and he piloted that. And um, you know, he he was big and more muscular than a lot of the Joes at the time or Cobras. Um, you know, Destro had a kind of that mus- muscular build, but he had that '70s disco collar thing that I just couldn't get into. Um, so Copperhead had that bigger build, so um, he made a great defensive lineman on my football team. Uh, so yeah. Copperhead actually would be um, in my top six. Yeah, Copperhead was fun. I didn't, I didn't have him. Um, I think, it, I think it was one of those situations where I just couldn't find him. So, but I, yeah, I loved, I like Copperhead. He was a good one. So, all right, who do you have at number five? Um, number five, uh, I think you'd have to go with the uh, the sneaky saboteur, Firefly. Um, he had a cool setup with his machine gun and that gray camo look, but I never got to play with him because I had a, like one of my best friends liked Firefly. So I actually gave him Firefly. And then with my kids, my oldest son loved Firefly. In fact, we were over traveling in Germany and he lost Firefly and he was so sad. So I had to buy another set. It was like a two piece. Um, they were at that time, they were coming out in a two character set. Um, a Joe versus a Cobra. And so I had to buy it again so he could have Firefly. So I never got to play with him. <laughs> I liked Firefly. Firefly was a fun toy, man. Um, let's see. There was one other that outside of Firefly that was similar. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Maybe it'll come to me here in a minute. But yeah, Firefly was definitely a good one. All right, so number three for Cobra, who do you got? I think we're on four, but... Oh, four, yeah. Um, I would say, you know, you're just your classic Crimson Guard soldier. Um, I I really like their Crimson uniform, and I love the backstory that they were just these deep plant guys, um, you know, that were working in business and accounting, and in the back of their closet, they had a fake door, and here they had their Crimson... Um, you know, Crimson Guard suit. And when Cobra called, they were ready to come out and do their thing. I just thought it was a, a cool concept to have that hidden, you know, that person just, you know, you never know if Mr. Nesbitt across the street might not be a Crimson Guard guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like a, <laughs> sort of like a KGB or something like that. It's like, okay, who are they? And I had, I had three or four of those uh, because, and a way I justified it to my mom was you never never know which one you, you got to have more than one so because in the store you can't have a story without more than one so um i would like hide it and say oh i lost it you know i was lying or, you know all this stuff mom if you're listening i totally did that by the way um so yeah i don't know, she probably is listening 
But yeah, I mean, I, I had to have three or four of them. So yeah, I love it. Crimson Guard. All right. So now we're on the number three. Who you got number three? So number three would be the Dreadnought Ripper. And he's the one that had the Mohawk. And I just thought that was cool. Um, and then he had the machine gun with the, the blade on it, that curved blade to cut things. And um, yeah, so um, I don't know. He just had that cool, chaotic look to him. So he was my favorite dreadnought by far. Yeah, I, I tried to convince my mom to let me get a haircut like him once. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go off so well. So, but I, I, I love, I liked him. He was, he was fun. And uh, he had that cool look, like you said, he was different than some of the others. And so I really enjoyed him as well. All right, so number two. Number two, I'm going for double trouble here. Tomax and Zamot, the Crimson Twin Commanders, or Crimson Garden Commanders who are twins. And, um, you know, uh, they were fun. They had the, you know, their names backwards, and um, Zamot had the cut across his eye. And, you know, if one got punched, then the other felt it. Um, so that always was fun for stories. But, yeah, I like those two um, and their setup. And um, they have an unfortunate costume design when you go back and look at them because they've got this Cobra codpiece, you know, like cup right over their junk. It's like, all right, who thought that was a good idea? That wasn't the best idea, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had both of them. I ended up losing one of them. And then my mom was like, well, they're twins. You have an extra. And I'm like, no, mom, you don't, you're not understanding this. I have, I need to go get another set. And then, you know, I don't think I ever got it, but, and I don't remember which one I lost, but I remember being very distraught about it. Um, I, I think I messaged you like a week ago when we were talking about this episode. And I was like, hey, who were the twins? Who were the annoying twins that, you know, because in the in the cartoon, they had a very distinct voice. And sometimes they would talk in unison and they talk together and I, I each other sentences. Exactly. And I, I loved them. I thought they were great. And I remember Rise of Spantor Rise. They uh they were getting so annoyed with Cobra Commander, and it's like he wouldn't do anything. These people are being insubordinate, and they're not. He's not doing anything. It's like, dude, you're weak. And I I liked them. I liked them because they would just kind of do their own thing, and they were fun. I I really enjoyed them. So, all right, what's next? Is number two? No, this is number one now. Number one. Number um, one. I mean, number one. I mean, who can it be other than Storm Shadow? Oh my gosh. The Cobra Ninja, the yeah. OG Ninja of the whole G.I. Joe realm. Um, I mean, I remember, you know, being bummed when I his bow broke. Um, and, um, you know, you couldn't like, you know, he hook his hands up just right. But I mean, his swords and what he did um, and the comic books, he was super cool. Um, the cartoon, they didn't, you know, they didn't use Cobra or Storm Shadow to their proper ability in the real American hero original cartoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, storm shadow is just, um, so cool. And in the comic books, he was much more nuanced. I mean, yeah, he started off as the Cobra, um, ninja, but then they, um, Larry Hama worked in the whole Arishikaji Kalan and, um, you know, having snake eyes the same. And, and that was kind of a pantser thing he did you know, writing by the seat of his pants, you know, he didn't really intend that until the end of this um, number 21, um, the famous silent issue where there's no dialogue written in the whole comic, but Snake Eyes has to rescue Scarlet who was captured by Snake Eyes at this Cobra castle. And I mean, it really is a excellent comic and it just, you know, set up, you know, both Snake Eyes and, and Storm Shadow was so cool and gave you so much intrigue when, when you read it. So yeah, you got, who could who else could it be? You know. Yeah, I agree. I when you look at all the the Cobras, and there's several we didn't mention. I was never a fan of, of the toy Doctor Mindbender because I'm like, what is he gonna do? He's just like an evil scientist. Uh, I had him. Um, I had Cobra Commander. Uh, Cobra Commander was always tough to find. I always had to go to the Tulsa game. I had Destro, but 
Storm Shadow. And I had some Pantor. I love But uh, Storm Shadow to me was what Cobra really was all about. And I had a I had a bird cage and my dad was like really into like the Mad Max films and Thunderdome. And I had watched them. <laughs> this tells you how unfiltered my, my growing up with TV was for me growing up. I watched Thunderdome one night with my dad and I had his old bird cage. And I would put like G.I. Joe's like, you know, Snake Eyes and um Storm Shadow into this like, you know, bird cage to fight. I'd have, you know, put the other Joes around them, like hanging on to the cage, watching and cheering. And I, I remember having epic battles with them because it was it was just fun. And, you know, Storm Shadow and uh, and Snake Eyes. And so I think I think Storm Shadow is an excellent number one. Um, I also remember. What were they? They were the battle droids. They were called uh, the, bat the bats. Yeah, the bats. Battle Android Trooper. Yeah, yeah. They were totally stormtroopers for G.I. Joe. I mean, and I think it was Cobra Commander rolled them out. And they were, like, pathetic. They were just, like, these androids. And, you know, so yeah, they'd overwhelm me at first, but they couldn't really hit anything. So, All right, let's talk about some of the toys. Like, so I got these toys. I would get these toys, and this was no problem. But some of the accessories... I never got, and a lot of it was because of um, of money, obviously. But uh, you know, I I love some of the accessories. So let's talk about some of the accessories. Now there was the um, there was the one that you and I never got, and that is the seven and a half foot aircraft carrier. Sad day. I know. And, you know, I forgot that it was seven and a half and we were messaging each other and you're like, yeah, I was like, I think you sent me a Marco Polo and you're like, it was like seven foot. And I'm like, what? No way that thing was that big. I was like, it was more like five feet. I'm trying to remember because I hadn't you know, seen it. And, and I looked it up online and sure enough, it was seven and a half feet long. Now, it was like one hundred and three, hundred and five dollars or something like that when it rolled out, which would have been like $300 today. So it was an expensive toy. Um, it's no wonder that my parents didn't want to put it on the Walmart layaway, which I tried to convince them to do. But I never got to play with the, with the, the aircraft carrier until I was in college. And this goes back to my roommate. We were going to, we were going to Flagstaff in Sedona, Arizona, during spring break for a hiking trip and he lived in Albuquerque. So we stopped there to stay the night and we walk into his room and he's like, Oh, my room's a pit. My mom's got all my old stuff in there. And he had GI Joe comics, but he had the aircraft carrier and we pulled that out. And both of us just like 21 year old guys are just geeking out playing with his aircraft carrier. And that was the first time I ever got to play with it. It was when I was 21 years old. Um, I, I just, I knew kids that had it, but I wasn't friends with them. So what about you? The USS flag. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I love the, when the old catalogs would come, you know, before Christmas time and be making my list. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh mom, she's like, you don't have room in your, there's no room in your bedroom for that. I'm like, mom, sell my bed. I will clean off the GI Joe aircraft carrier and sleep on it every night and then fold my blankets up and that's what we can do. And she wouldn't have it. So I never got to see it live. I, oh. there was a rumor, this one rich kid in town had it. And I don't know if he ever did. I don't, I don't know anybody personally that had it. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like the dream. It's like, Oh my gosh, if you can have the flag, and it was, um, I think it was the largest playset ever made, you know, for something like this. Um, because I mean, yeah, when it's seven and a half feet long, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, and, and when I did get to play with it years later as a, as a 21 year old adult, I mean, um, 
you know, it was it was just like, man, I just I wish I'd had that as a kid. But I mean, now that I'm an, an adult, now that I'm a dad, I understand money a little bit differently. <laughs> Back then, I was like, oh, I'll do every chore around this house. And of course, you know, I never would. So now I did have the uh, I think it was the attack vehicle with the uh, artillery uh, laser thing uh, that, you know, it, it pulled. I did have that. Uh, did you have that one? Um, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. It, it um, kind of like a wheeled vehicle with a big cannon on top. And no, this was like uh, it was like almost like a jeep, but it was pulling the artillery gun on the back. It was like oh, was it the two barreled laser gun? Yes, yes, that's what okay. I had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I think about the flag, and really, I mean. I was the youngest, but I was kind of an only child because my sister and brother were so older than me. They were out of the house. So my mom, you know, her her love language was giving gifts and she was pretty generous with, you know, giving things to me kind of to keep me out of trouble and out of the way, not out of the way, but, you know, just to keep me occupied and things. So, um, but some of the bigger stuff, it was such a hassle to mess with. It was like, you know, hey, I just want to go out and have a commando team go out, you know, so I don't need all the vehicles. It's a little more work to get all the vehicles going. So I think playing on the flag, the aircraft carrier, um, you know, it wouldn't always be the most fun thing. And then, again, storage. I am I had the, the G.I. Joe Tomahawk, that two-propeller big helicopter. And it was. It was kind of, you know, I mean, kind of got in the way sometimes. And so it was cool. Um, I think it was a really cool um, accessory, but... Um, you know, I didn't play with it as much as, as some others because it, you know, just kind of would was get in the way. And what did you do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I never had the tomahawk. I, I always wanted it, but, uh, I never had it. So, oh, right, man. This is, uh, this has actually been fun. I, I, you know, anytime, any, every time I do these type of episodes where we're talking about something that's like from the past growing up, I kind of want to go back and just revisit it. And if I could go out there and uh, if anybody wants to go out on eBay and buy both myself and Jason, <laughs> the flag aircraft carrier and uh, ship it to us, uh, we will be extremely happy about that. <laughs> we will do a special episode and give you a very good shout out. Um, oh, man, I, my two oldest boys are in college now and they would flip. I mean, they would, they would geek out just, you know, as hard as I would. And, um, yeah, I managed to find on eBay, a nice big set of toys of the GI Joe vehicles. I got the, the whale, their hovercraft and some yeah. other things. And, um, we bought it and we held on to it for like, um, six months. In fact, my daughter had just been born and she slept on the box. It's what we put our car carrier on by our bed. Cause that was just the easiest thing to do with sleep. So when we moved into our house that we live in now for all the work that the kids had to do to get ready, this was like their gift was all this GI Joe stuff. So a ton of figures, vehicles, and, you know, and it was right under them this whole time. They didn't even know it. It was kind of funny, but so yeah, eBay has helped um, further my, uh, um, me helping indoctrinate my kids into GI Joe. Um, but now it seems like things are so expensive. I haven't, I haven't checked things out in ages there. Yeah. But I would yep. not be opposed to the aircraft carrier. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I'm going to get my kids into it. It was just, I got them into the Batman anime series. I've got them into Star Wars. I've got them into, we're rewatching all the Marvel movies, MCU right now. Uh, the ones that don't have questionable content. I've got them into Godzilla. And I have not got them into, because the big three for me was, um, was Masters of the Universe, uh, Transformers, GI Joe, and then I I watched Thundercats, but I never had any of the toys. So those were kind of the, the four main cartoons for me. And you know, I'm, I'm gonna try and get them into all of them at some point. No, that that works. You know, I mean they they're gonna like what they like. Um, you know, my kids never they never got into Transformers but I didn't really enjoy the new transformer stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, it's funny. 
um, you know, growing up with Star Wars, um, you know, my kids thought the clone troopers were the heroes. I'm like, yeah, they turn into bad guys, you know, so I'm not, this is kind of weird. Um, but then watching interviews with like after Obi-Wan, you know, we were kids when the original Star Wars series was made. And then my kids were the age to enjoy um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith as kids. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, when you see it at that angle, that was their Star Wars as kids. We had ours. And, you know, so we had the G.I. Joes um, and, um, you know, some of the different things. And some of those 80s toys and cartoons and stuff was just so awesome. So, you know, they're going to have their own thing. Um, and it's crazy because kids don't play toys as long because they'll get into electronics and, and all that, it seems like. Yeah, my kids are really into, like, Godzilla. They're into um, uh, dinosaurs, obviously, because they're such big Jurassic Park and Jurassic World fans. And I think that has kind of helped, uh, you know, push some of that out there. They have a lot of Star Wars and superheroes. My kids, obviously, have grown up with the new trilogy. That's what they enjoy. Um, me, not as much, but I do enjoy geeking out with them, you know, watching some of the Mandalorian, um, Obi-Wan. I know a lot of people didn't like that. I love geeking out with my kids on that because they don't care about a lot of the, you know, the things that other people care about. They just want to watch Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fight and they enjoy that. And oh. the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch, we absolutely love. Uh, that's one of my favorite series. They're not old enough to watch the new Andor out right now, but anyway. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah. I, you know, you got, I mean, it's just, it's okay for people to have fun and enjoy things, you know? It's, um, yeah. So. Everybody has their different tastes, and, and I get it, and I try to be respectful of that. And G.I. Joe is one of those that a lot of people just never got into. A lot of people did, and. Like I said, I'm not a fan of the movies, but I went back and rewatched that, the animation, and I'll tell you what, it was just as fun. I'm sitting there eating a, you know, 10 o'clock at night on a work night, eating a big bowl of uh, cinnamon toast crunch and <laughs> watching a rise, a Pantor rise, and I felt like a little kid again. So, all right, Jason, it has been good having you on. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you got the aircraft carrier, please let us know. All right. We want to hear what your favorite G.I. Joes and your favorite Cobras were as well. This has been Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. Thanks for listening. <laughs>